The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard. I am really excited about our topic tonight. As we said at the beginning of the year, we're going to continually be talking about ideas, strategies, tips, and techniques to help you in your quest to be the best in 2013 and beyond. And tonight's topic is about new business development. And the title is New Business Development, a Necessity, Not a Nicety. And the bottom line today is there's one major factor that's critical to the continued success of any business, and that's finding new customers and at a reasonable profit. The only problem is your competition, they have the exact same goal. They would also like to increase their market share by reducing yours. And new business development skills are necessary today in acquiring new customers in a marketplace in which your product or service may be perceived as a commodity. In today's highly competitive environment, you must be more skillful at penetrating new accounts or markets. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about how to become a missionary salesperson or business professional with mercenary skills to find those new opportunities. Now, several years ago, I had a client that wanted me to do some research for them, and they hired me to to survey some of the top representatives they had in their manufacturing organization, as well as the top salespeople in their distribution, their dealers. And I went around the country, and I met with top sales professionals, and I basically tried to find out what would help them to be successful. And in 85% of the individuals that I interviewed, 85% identified that they were a part of something called a leads group. And a leads group basically is a group of, I would say, five to seven people. And they all pursue the same type of customer. They aren't competitors, though. All right? So, for example... Uh, if I was in uh, telecommunications, I may also uh, have someone in my group that was in office equipment. I may have someone that's in office supplies, office furniture. I may have someone who is a a commercial real estate broker because they are involved with individuals or companies who are looking to acquire new uh, real estate equ- uh, property or whatnot or office space. So you find people who are pursuing the same type of companies or individuals within a company. 
And then you share leads back and forth. So 85% of the most successful people said they were involved in leads group. And so let's talk about this. Now, after I did my research, I came back to Tampa, which is my hometown, and I met with a young lady that I considered to be the guru of networking in the Tampa Bay area. She is phenomenal in new business development. So I called her, and uh, I'll, I'll call her Sue. I called Sue, and I said, hey, Sue, you know, let me ask you a question. I said, tell me about your experience with a leads group. And she said, Ty, are you kidding me? At least 50% of my business comes from a leads group. And I'm like, okay, check. That's exactly what I heard around the country from other people, 50 to 70%. And I said, so what can you tell me about a successful leads group? And she said, well, I can tell you what not to do first. And the first thing she recommended was, she said, do not join these mega lead groups. Sue was talking about lead groups that have 50 uh, people in it, 75, 200 people. She said the majority of the individuals in those types of groups really don't have any good insight into the opportunities going on around them. In many instances, they're grabbing, they're tearing something out of the newspaper on their way to the, to the uh, leads meeting. And they're going to share that, but they have no keen insight. It was just something that they tore out of the paper that day. She said, normally the, the people who are really the movers and shakers are probably about five to seven people. And it's, it's literally impossible to get close to them. It would take forever. They're the ones who know what's going on around town. Sue said, the best leads group I've really ever been a part of was the one that I actually started myself. And Sue identified that instead of running out and trying to grab five to seven people to start this organization with, Sue actually grabbed or started with one other person. And once they were in sync, then they added a third person, then a fourth person, then a fifth person. So Sue actually built her leads group. Instead of trying to run and grab seven people and make them all fit, she built it one person at a time. And Sue told me something that was absolutely amazing. I had never heard before from anyone else. Uh, Sue said, Ty, I had a criteria for my leads group. I said, really? Yeah. I said, what's your criteria? She said, first of all, they had to have high energy. Secondly, they had to have a high quota. And third, they had to have a consistent, successful track record. And I said, wow, that makes sense. So basically what Sue did was she surrounded herself with the best of the best in her community, which makes sense because it goes along with something I heard from uh, one of my colleagues. I, in January, I had a, a radio show called The Secret to Hitting Your Goals, don't focus on it. And I had a, a young man named Delatoro McNeil. And Delatoro has written several books, but in one of his first books, he made the comment, who you network with will determine your net worth. Who you network with will determine your net worth. Your net worth. So if she's networking with the most successful people in the Tampa Bay area, 
she is going to improve her success ratio in finding new opportunities and closing that business. So that made perfect sense. Now, a couple other things about this is and why, why uh, a net a lease group type, what's the value? Well, imagine having five to seven additional feet on the street working for you and working with you on behalf of you every day. So as they're going out looking for new opportunities for themselves, they're also looking for opportunities for you as well. You are bound to find new opportunities on a more consistent basis if we follow this footprint. Secondly, if you're working with some of the top people, top sales professionals in your area, they are accustomed to working with high-level individuals, TLCs, which we call top-level contacts. And they're able to introduce you directly to these top-level contacts. And that cuts the sales cycle tremendously when they do that. Now, there are some instances where they may say to you, someone from your lease group, well, Ty, I'm not able to give you the introduction, but I don't mind sharing with you the information that I have about this particular account. And that's equally beneficial, sometimes more beneficial, because what this person in your lease group can do is literally draw you a map to the sale. They can say to you, okay, Ty, you're going to start out meeting with Ben. Ben is the CEO of the company. This is what Ben likes to talk about. Now, once you have been successful in positively influencing Ben, Ty, the next thing that uh, he's going to do is he's going to read uh, he's going to refer you down to Sarah. Sarah is the CFO of the organization, and here are the things that she wants to hear. She wants to understand that whatever you're providing can pay for itself within three years. She wants to know that it's going to be reliable. She wants to. So they will tell you, people in your lease group will tell you exactly what you need to do to earn the business from that company. Now, I asked Sue. So what do you do, Sue, sometimes when you, you think you have the right person working in your, with your, in your lease group and they turn out to be a dud? What do you do? And Sue basically says, Ty, this is business. This is not some type of social coffee club. We're all business professionals and we're trying to take care of our families and provide a living. Uh, so if someone's not performing, uh, they have to go. It's, it's not even an option. She said, unfortunately, there have been times when I've made that, that bad decision. Uh, and then you, that doesn't mean you aren't friends with them. But as far as uh, being a part of this lease group, that is no longer going to work out for, for the, the multitudes. And then they have to go. And she, as Sue also identified that they have a policy. They meet once a month. And they have a policy that if you miss more than one meeting in a year's time that you can no longer be a part of the the organization, the leads group. And, you know, that's it may sound harsh and it may sound tough, but that's the reality. If you're trying to grow your, your sales volume, grow your business, you want to be with people who are committed to being successful, not just interested in being successful. Uh, interested means 
they subscribe to the as long as philosophy. As long as things are comfortable, as long as, as long as, as long as it's not too cold, as long as the phone ring, is ringing, then I can provide leads. But if you're working with someone who is committed, it doesn't matter what's going on in the economy. They're going to figure out a way to identify opportunities, to identify new business opportunities. And then they'll share that with you in order to help you grow your business as well. Now, keep in mind, this is not a one-way street. You are to be doing this as well for the individuals in your leads group. As you're out looking for opportunities for yourself, you're out looking for opportunities for them. Well, it's time for us to take a short break now. This is Ty Maynard. And you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Time Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard. And before the show, we were talking about some of the ways the most successful sales professionals and business owners were able to find new business opportunities, even in a down economy. And we identified that a leads group was one of the most effective ways I found 
the top the top sales professionals and business owners were using in a survey that one of my clients hired me to do for their organization. They were looking for ways to uh, for people to be more successful consistently, and what we also identified was the way they did it was in approaching what we call TLCs. Top-level contacts. Now, top-level contacts are, are normally executives, and they carry titles like CEO, president, CFO, executive vice president, senior vice president. They are the ones who are making the ultimate decisions in a company. And as a rule, we have a tendency, and it's, it's, it's our human nature, to take the path of least resistance we, for some reason, are intimidated by these individuals, so we start at the lowest possible level, low-level contacts. And contrary to popular belief, the low-level people really don't make the decisions. As a rule, they make recommendations to the top-level contacts who actually make the decisions. So let's talk about some of the reasons why we want to pursue TLCs are top-level contacts, high-level individuals and, and companies. First of all, it's just plain the safest route. It's the safest route. It's the, it's the best way to get a decision because I'm sure some of you listening can relate to where you have worked with a lower-level person and then you ask them questions and they make you do proposal after proposal, uh, design after design, and Ultimately, you get no business, or if you do get business, it's at a very low margin to the point that if you hiccup, you lose money. They aren't really paid and trained like the top executives, where the top executives are paid and trained to take calculated risk. And if something seems to make sense for their company in the, in the long term, and they can see a long-term return on investment, to them, it's a no-brainer to, 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 to take a chance on that decision. So it's the safest route. Also, it's the fastest route because they are paid and trained to make these decisions. They will do it and move on. And I've had, as I mentioned, people who are in a lower-level position, they will belabor something three months to six months. And I've met with a president of a company, and within 20 minutes, he's made a decision or she's made a decision, and they kept it moving. Also, you'll find that top-level contacts have a better understanding of the entire purchasing process. I, I will, I've in the past asked a, a lower-level person, who along with yourself would be involved in making this decision? And they'll look at me and say, I'm the only one you need to talk to. And as the process continues, I found out, I find out later on that there were five other people involved in making the decision that I never got to meet with. I never got to understand from their perspective what they're looking to accomplish uh, with their needs regarding my particular product or service. And as a result, uh, it does not normally fare well for me in that situation. Now, but if you ask that exact same question from uh, to a top-level contact, they'll say, well, I need you to speak to Sarah, who is my CIO. I also want you to speak to John, who is the CFO of the organization. Uh, I think I'd like for you to speak to Betty also, who is in human resources. They will identify everyone that's influential in the ultimate decision 
the company is going to make regarding who they're going to uh, align themselves with as a as a a partner. So those are the benefits. But my question, my other question is: so if we know those things to be true, why do sales professionals, why do business owners actually avoid pursuing the top in a new business opportunity? And one of the reasons we just kind of identified is we take the path of least resistance. It's just plain easier to get in to see a lower level person. So we do what's easiest. Uh, now, if you were to ever meet my, my son who looks like me, but he's five inches taller, uh, and say, Tyrone, what's your dad's favorite quote that he has recited to you over two million times? His eyes will roll back in his head. He's 25. His eyes will roll back in his head and he will say, if you're easy on yourself, life will be hard on you. However, if you're hard on yourself, life will be easier on you and far more rewarding. And then his eyes will roll back forward. If left to our own devices, we will normally take the path of least resistance and do what's easiest. The other thing I've heard is, well, I'm just afraid of, uh, of the rejection in approaching a top-level person. And contrary to popular belief, I've mentioned this in other shows, I have never, ever seen a top executive that looked like Freddy Krueger or Michael Myers. I think that's from Halloween or Jason from Friday the 13th. Normally, the individuals I meet who are executives, top executives, they are extremely personable. They have exceptional people skills, and they are a pleasure to be around. So it's our mindset that makes us feel that they're unapproachable. They are extremely approachable. They look like people in your family, your best friends, as a matter of fact. So we have to get past that fear because that fear is paralyzing us from doing what we need to do to grow our sales and our business to the next level. Another topic that I've heard is the fact that, well, it's just too difficult to get to see them. And that's true. It is a challenge in many cases to get to see a top-level person because in many cases, they're on the plane right next to me. Uh, on average, I fly 100,000 to 150,000 miles per year, so I always get upgraded. And top executives are doing the exact same thing I'm doing. They're on planes trying to make business happen for their companies. They aren't sitting in their office waiting for the phone to ring. So don't take it personal if they don't respond to your first call. Okay? So it is more difficult to get to them. And it's, it's interesting because there was some research that was done several years ago, and they identified that 42% of sales professionals quit after making one phone call attempt to get to a top executive. Another 18% dropped off after making the second attempt. And then another 25% fell off after the third attempt. So that's 85% gone after three calls. This survey also identified that only 10% kept calling. And those 10% identified that it took anywhere from six up to 10 calls to get an appointment with that top-level contact and an ultimate sale. 
So if we're quitting too soon because of the difficulty factor, we're leaving a lot of money on the table. And you'll be amazed once you actually get to speak to them, they're some of the nicest people in the world. And another thing I hear is, well, Ty, I just really don't know what to say to someone at that level. Well, uh, there was another training company that did some research on how to get to top-level executives. And in their survey, the, the information was pretty interesting. Uh, the executives came back and said, basically, it was unanimous. They said, first of all, you have to be very persistent to get to me. They didn't say a little persistent or kind of, sort of. They say you have to be very persistent to get to me. Secondly, they said, if you get my attention, be prepared. Okay, the last thing you want to do is call a top executive without having done some homework initially. There's all types of information you can find on the Internet on these individuals. There's information... If you just Google them, you can find out what their favorite charities are. If you Google a photograph of them, you can identify what they look like. You can find out what their hobbies are. It's amazing. It's, 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 the information is available. Also, you can get this information from people who are on your leads group. But basically, they said be prepared. You do not want to call them and say, so uh, what, do you, what does your company do anyway? That call is not going to turn out very well for them. All right? So first and foremost, be persistent. Then if you get their attention, be prepared. Then the other thing, the third thing they said was, if you're fortunate to get in front of me, do not pitch me product. Do not pitch me product. And the majority of sales professionals and even business owners, unfortunately, too many times, we, we show up and we throw up. We automatically start spewing about how great we are, who else thinks we're great, how long we plan on being great, how greatness is defined. And that's not what they want to hear about. They want you to do step four. And step four basically is... Talk to me about where I want to take my company and what's going to have to happen in order for us to get there. That's what they want you to do first. There's no saying people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So take the time first to uncover their long-term objectives, their goals, their vision, and then any issues that could hinder their success. And then at that point, now they're prepared to talk to you about how your products and services can help them accomplish the, the things they're looking to accomplish now and long term with their organization. So this is what we need to do. And this is why it's so critical that we get to top level contacts. They're actually the ones who make the decision and they actually approve the decision. And believe it or not, they also can veto any decision that's made. Well, this is good information. I'm having a ball. I hope you are. And it's time for us to take a short break again. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned.
comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Time Mayner or today's guest, please call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T Y E at T Y E M A N E R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and our phone number for the show is 866-472-5790. And we look forward to your calls or any questions or comments that you may have. Okay, so we were talking about new business development. It's a necessity. It is not a nicety today. We have to figure out ways to find new opportunities we want to uh, basically maintain our customer base, but we also want to figure out ways to grow it. So let's talk about another way that's easy, that's really easy to find new opportunities. And it's, it's interesting because I try to exercise in the morning several times a week, and there are a couple of hawks that perch themselves on light posts or roofs looking for breakfast in my neighborhood as I'm, as I'm exercising, jogging or walking. And on three occasions recently, I noticed this particular hawk sitting on the same light post. And he was always looking in the same direction for his prey or, or her prey. And on three occasions, there was a squirrel either directly under that hawk or directly behind the hawk enjoying his breakfast. And the hawk has extremely keen vision. However, he kept missing his opportunity because he kept looking in the same direction. And, and the key learning I had from that was this. Well, really, there were three key learnings. One, sometimes we're looking in the wrong direction for what, we look, for what we desire. Sometimes we need to change our vantage point. And many times 
what we desire is truly right under our nose. And we want to talk about a way to find new opportunities that's right under many of our nose, and that's with our current customers. Our current customers is the best way to get new business because the sales cycle is going to be exponentially shorter. They've already done business with you. There's a familiarity there. There's already a, an ordering process in many cases that they have access to, and we ignore them. And I'll tell you something. Normally in a, a down economy, the first place I go instead of trying to find new business somewhere else, I go to my customer database, and I start dialing for dollars in my customer database. There is gold in your customer database. And you're saying, but Ty, I'm already doing business with them, and I'm already selling them pencils and paper, or I'm already selling them desk or files. Well, what about the other, those are two items that you provide to them. What about the other 30 items that your company provides as either a service or a product that you haven't even approached them with. So you haven't even scratched the surface in many cases with your current customer, but we're talking about how bad the economy is and how nobody's buying. I promise you the products that you aren't talking to them about, they're getting from somewhere. They just aren't getting them from you. So what we need to do at that point is we need to be more intentional about looking right under our nose with our current customer base. And what I've also done is during the tough times, I'll think of, okay, how can I be of additional value to the customers I already have? And I'll come up with either new programs, uh, new products, uh, new services, and because they're already familiar with my the quality of service I provide, uh, my capabilities, the sales cycle is is not even there. In many cases, they may sign up because they need what I'm, what I'm providing. So we have to look at our customers, and that gives you a reason to revisit. You may say, hey, we haven't talked in a while, and I want to stop by and, and have a quality assurance appointment. I just want to make sure that we are performing the way you expect us to. And you'll be amazed. Sometimes they may have stopped purchasing because in one way or another, we drop the ball. And if they want to have that type of conversation with you, that's something you need to know. And so if, if they say we had a bad experience, there are four things we want to do when a customer has a bad experience to recover from that situation. All right? First of all, we want to apologize. If we drop the ball, we have to acknowledge it. And, and too many times we're quick to point the finger uh, to someone else in our organization. Uh, well, that was the installation. They should have known better. Well, the salesperson or the, uh, the account, uh, accounts payable department didn't. No, if it's, if it's our company, we have to fall on that sword. So first apologize. And then the next thing we want to do is try to fix the problem, whatever it was to the best of our ability. All right? And... And if at all possible, do a little something extra they weren't even expecting. I don't know what that looks like. It does not have to be expensive in many instances. So apologize, fix it, do a little something extra, and then last but not least, follow up to confirm that they are now delighted. And believe it or not, 
most customers understand that things aren't going to always go perfect in, in relationships. But what's critical is how you recover, and our recovery has to be top-notch. So go back to do quality assurance appointments with your customers. And, you know, and say, hey, listen, we've been, we've been providing you with these three things, and it dawned on me there's so many additional ways we can bring value to you that I want to have a conversation about that. And then you go in and talk about the additional uh, services and products you may be able to provide that can assist them, all right? And also go back in and just kind of ask the question, how have we been performing for you? And then if you've been performing well for them and they're pleased, even though they may not be in a position at this point to give you any additional business, now is an opportunity for you to get a testimonial from them. And those testimonials do count because it makes it easier for the next business to do business with you once they recognize other companies where either they know the company or they know individuals in that company, and that was a positive experience in working with you. So that's just, that's just easy, easy money. And then the other way with that current customer is to get a referral. And we're going to invest the, the, the majority of the time now talking about referrals. Referrals are the lifeblood. And, you know, if you talk to any consistently successful business owner or sales professional, I'm willing to bet you they'll tell you that the majority of their business comes from referrals. As a matter of fact, 97% of my business comes from referrals. That's just the easiest way to get business. Now, the interesting thing about that is a lot of times when I'll talk to someone or I'll mention referrals, Sometimes I'll have someone raise their hand in my class and they say, well, you know what? I did that once and it worked. Oh, really? <laughs> you asked for a referral once and it worked. And the interesting thing to me about that is, and we're all guilty of it at some point or another, something works well, but we don't use it consistently. We don't make it a part of our sales tool chest. And my belief is when it comes to referrals, we should be asking for referrals the same way we brush our teeth. We should be asking for referrals a minimum of twice a day. And you'll be amazed how many people are willing to give them to us if we just ask. So some of the values of referrals is, first of all, it's easier and, the, and it's the most effective way to prospect and find new business. Quicker sales cycle because whoever referred you, as a rule, is referring you to friends, associates, or colleagues. And when we meet with those individuals, someone they know and trust had a positive experience. And that's good enough for them. And also, because they're familiar with you and they feel that, they feel that you're more so a safe decision, they aren't going to try to beat you up as bad on your pricing. So basically, your margins will be higher as well as your commissions. So what I want to do is, is let's kind of just talk about how to get the referrals and, and when to ask for the referrals, all right? So the first process is, is basically this. If you're meeting with one of your current customers, 
when you meet with them, you want to verify that their expectations have been met. All right? And then you want to ask them what value do they feel they have received from their business relationship with you? And how has that, how has those benefits impacted their organization? And we always want to look for financial implications. Okay? And then once they have given us those, we want to acknowledge it and say, you know, there may be other people you know who have similar needs to you that we may be of service to. Then you ask for the names. Who else do you know that we may be of service to? And you will be amazed when you ask, you get names. <laughs> you get names. And the last thing you want to do is then ask for them to introduce you to those individuals. All right? Now, when I talk about getting an introduction, what I'm looking for is not, well, could you give me their names and numbers and then uh, would it be okay if I mention your name when I call them? That's, that's okay. That's okay. But that's not the most effective way to use a referral. What you want to do, if at all possible, is actually try to get a physical introduction. All right, I may ask them, hey, do you think it might be possible for us to get together and, and have lunch and, and maybe you can give me a physical introduction? Or are they in the same building? Would it be possible for you to just walk me down and, and, and introduce me to them? And once that person takes the time to give you a physical introduction, you have, you've, hit the, you've hit the gold mine. And if they can't give you a physical introduction, then what we want to look for is Ask them to pick up the phone and make a call on your behalf real quick. Wow, Ty, really? No, yes, really. If we've done a good job for that individual, we just validated why we are a safe bet. They told us all of the value they received from working with us. All right? And so the first and the, most, the best way is a physical introduction. Second best way is them to pick up the phone and make a call on your behalf. All right? And then the third best way is to have them email the person and copy you on the email. Well, it's time for us to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about referrals because truly this is the best way to grow your business, and if you aren't using this, you're working way too hard. All right, so you're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and you're listening to the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network we hear it and read about it every day in the news america is heading over a fiscal cliff home prices are still receding and unemployment growing how can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard. And very quickly, I really want to recommend that you get a copy of the book, Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something, because it covers in tremendous detail some of the things that we're talking about tonight as well as prior shows. I have an entire chapter in Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something on how to get referrals, how to ask for it. And it gives a script and everything. Uh, There's a segment on telephone prospecting. I even have a segment for those of us or those of you who actually make cold calls called the salesperson's drive-by. And it's slightly different from a gang drive-by. You're driving by opportunities. And but you want to have a copy of this book in your reference library if you if you're in sales or you're in business or you have to influence purchasing or buying decisions. Forget patience, let's sell something. Go to my website, tymanorgroup.com, and go to the online store. That's T Y E M A N E R G R O U P dot com, or you can go to Barnes and Nobles. Okay, or Amazon, but you definitely want to have a copy of that. All right, so we were talking about referrals, and as I say, like to say, referrals is that 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 part of gold at the end of the rainbow for a job well done. And we were just talking about how to get them with customers. Your customers would be more than happy to give you the names of of other people that you can service and and do a good job for. And I'll give you a perfect example. That happened with me several years ago, and I'm still reaping the benefits of it right now. Uh, several years ago, I gave a speech uh, in Palm Springs for an organization, and a vice president walked up to me after my speech, and he said, wow, you know, that was, that was really good. And I tell you what, I really want to talk to you about the possibility of you training our sales force. They had a sales force of about 300 individuals. And so I, we exchanged numbers, and I followed up with him, but being a top executive, he was somewhat difficult to get to because he was traveling all the time. And then finally, I did have an audience with him, and I got him to uh, agree to send four of his 
just sales professionals to my Time Manners Fast Track Sales Camp, which is a, a week-long program where I teach people how to be extremely successful. So after that class, he saw the results that his people were able to glean or, or, or accomplish, and then he sent more people, and then more people. And then finally he said to me, Ty, uh, you know what, I really want to talk to you about training the whole, the whole sales team now because I've seen the outcomes. I said, okay, great. Uh, I said, well, what I'll do is I'll fly to meet you. And he said, no, I, I'm going to be back in Florida in a couple of weeks. So I said, okay, uh, where are you going to be? He said, Naples. I said, well, that's just two, two and a half hours from me. I'll, I'll, I'll drive down to meet you. He said, Ty, listen, that's not necessary. I said, no, no, I'll drive down to meet you. Listen, every chance you get, you want physical interaction with your customers. One of the things I've noticed today with many of my clients, we have gotten too comfortable with technology. We would rather text. We would rather uh, type an email. We would rather instant message than actual have face-to-face or voice-to-voice communication. That's far, the far best way to grow your relationship with your customers, okay? So I drove down to meet this executive, and the whole time I'm thinking to myself, okay, so should I dress more casual because he's at a uh, he's in Florida, or should I dress more professional? And something told me just to err on the side of caution. I wore uh, nice dress slacks, nice shirt and tie. I did not wear a jacket, uh, so that was erring on the side of caution. And when I met with him, uh, he said, "Hey, you know what? Let me introduce you to someone. Let me introduce you to a client of mine, and really a friend also." So he introduced me to a, 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 an individual who was president of his own company, very successful, and we sat down and we talked. And he gave me a glowing introduction and reference to this person. Well, within two months, I was doing business with this new client based on his recommendations. So while I was in California with this new customer uh, helping him, I said, you know what, let me ask you a question. I said, uh, I, want a, I want a favor of you. I said, what have you heard about my training so far? He said, oh, man, the people think it's great. They're learning a lot. I said, how do you think this will impact your company? And he said, oh, I think it's going to help us uh, uh, improve our profit margins. I think it's going to help us with some of our new product offerings, getting to our customers. And he said, I think it's going to be great. I said, you know, there are many uh, people trying to make the right decision for training and development, which you've obviously made. And I said, you may even know some people. I said, so while I'm here, would it be possible for you to introduce me to one or two of your colleagues that I may be of service to? And he said, yeah, I can do that. The next day, during one of the breaks at, at my training, he came in and he said, hey, Ty, I want, you, I want to introduce you to someone. He introduced me to another top-level person uh, with a, a, a Fortune 100 company. And then I had a conversation with that individual there, followed up by a phone call, and within two months I was doing work with their company. And based on that work, they offered me the opportunity to do additional work. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying to you is from making one contact and doing business, I developed two more clients. And then one of them had me speak at their national meeting, uh, and I was speaking to, I guess, about 
there were 5,000 people there, but I, in my segment I spoke to uh, about 800, and 150 of the people that were in my segment asked me to contact them. So if you're not getting referrals, believe me, you are working too hard. Ask for them, and people will be more than happy to give them to you. Try to get as many as you can from an individual because while they're in the mode of giving them, they don't mind giving you more. Get three or four. And then what I normally do after I get that many, I ask the question. I would say, you know, thank you very much, you know, Rob. Let me ask you a question. If you were me, which one of these individuals would you call on first? Oh, well, I think I would call on uh, Jerry first. Oh, really? And, and why is that? Well, as a matter of fact, we had lunch last week, and he identified that they were getting ready to start trying to develop uh, a training and development curriculum. As a matter of fact, they may even uh, entertain outsourcing it. So he would be a good candidate. Oh, okay, thank you. And what can you tell me about him? What's normally the best time to try to reach him? Now you start gathering information and you get that person to be your coach. All right? And then you ask who would you call on second and who would you call on third, and you gather as much relevant information as you possibly can about each one of those individuals, and then you go back and say, hey, you know, Thank you very much for sharing this, and I will follow up with them. The last thing I want to do is is press my luck, but would it be possible for you to give me a physical introduction, or if they aren't in the same city, would it be possible for you to call on my behalf and just let them know that I'll be contacting them next week? I, and my normal response that I get is, Todd, that's not a problem. And what I like about top executives is this. In many instances, in the majority of instances, they pick up the phone right then and there and make the call. And the key is this. We have not because we ask not. All right? So ask for what you want, and you'll be amazed how many times you get it. There are opportunities out there for all of us right now. My business has grown during the, the tough economy, but it's because I'm using the skills that I'm talking to you about. All right? So... Try these, and after we get off the phone, I want you to sit down there and write down the names of some customers that you haven't spoken to recently that you need to renew your contact with and make them aware of additional products and services that you provide. All right? Well, listen, another hour has gone by very quickly, and I want to thank you for tuning in Please tune in next week. Tell your friends and, and tell your, your coworkers about it because our goal is to help everybody grow. Check out the book, Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something, on my, web, my website. Go to the online store and order this book. You must have it. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week, Thursday, 8 p.m., and between now and then, Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. See you later. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patients, let's sell something.